You're listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast with John Ballard and Evan Facinger. All right. Thanks for joining us today at the second episode of the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. How's it going, Mr. Ballard? I'm good, Devin. Thanks. Sun's out here in Wisconsin. uh, It's not below freezing, so that's a good day. And it's it's always a good day. Yeah, and it's a Friday, so that's even better. And today we're going to chat a little bit about how you can get more leads in sales with your website through conversion rate optimization or CRO. Yeah, this is something I'm pretty excited about. I just actually spoke on this at the uh, DNN conference in Orlando a few months ago, and it was really well received. And, you know, we've had some really good success with our clients doing this and even on our own website. So it's, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, I love it too. And I think it's something that, you know, a lot of times we spend, you know, with search engine optimization, getting more traffic to the website and then CRO, that's how can we get, you know, more value out of that traffic. And once you start doing that, you start, you know, and it doesn't have to be e-commerce either. It can also be lead generation, but they both really impact the bottom line. And I think that's what people can really gravitate towards, you know, when they see, you know, traffic is one thing when they see more leads, I think everybody gets a lot more excited then. So let's let's back up a minute. CRO, conversion rate optimization. What is it? You know, and uh, how do you describe it, Evan? I describe it as the act of getting more people on your website to do what you want them to do. So whether that's fill out a form, whether that's purchase something, maybe it's just go to the next page, whatever act you're trying to get somebody to do on the website, that can be considered a conversion. So when you're doing conversion rate optimization, you're making adjustments to the website to optimize for that. Right. So, you know, we see this as kind of an evolution of marketing, right? So a lot of our clients have long time been SEO customers and, you know, there's you know always new stuff to do and new changes at the SEO. But at some point you get to this point where, you know, the changes you make aren't as effective or not as, as um, what's the word I'm looking for? Maybe not as impactful because you've so highly optimized the site that now we're just kind of maintaining search engine rankings and going after new terms or new content. So, you know, one of the ways we look at, okay, how can we continue to grow this customer's business if they have a highly optimized site is conversion rate optimization. We've got a ton of traffic coming there. What if we had, you know, out of the thousand people that come there every you know day, what if, um, you know, 10% more of them converted or, or turned into leads, you know? So that's kind of what, you know, I think of when I think of CRO, it's doing more with the traffic you have, you know? So um, I think CRO is great. Um, I don't know that I'd do it on a brand new website necessarily. I think there, you know, the thought is we, we need to work on your basic search engine optimization and get a lot of traffic there and then CRO becomes important. So what's your thoughts on that, Evan? Yeah, I think that you know, it's usually the case because you need to have some sort of a baseline to, to understand. And, you know, it's a good part of our CRO methodology, basically, is that we have a refined testing process and, you know, understanding when we're taking a look at the analytics for the website where there might be some testing opportunities. It's a little difficult when you have a brand new website, you know, there's no real analytics to go off of. Even a fresh redesign sometimes, you know, you don't have any of those baselines line analytics to start coming up with those hypotheses to test. Uh, but I mean, at the end of the day too, you can also use best practices and try it. So I'm not saying that's something you can't do, uh, but 
a big part of what we do, you know, when we're going through those tests is we're looking at the analytics, you know, we're seeing if there's any sort of bottlenecks for, you know, the conversions, you know, they're a big drop off or exit rate, maybe that we want to take a look at. And then we can actually come up with a list of those, you know, hypotheses that we can test. And the idea there is, you know, to try to be specific with it. So I'm a big fan of the pie framework, Right, so that's where we use the potential, the importance, and the ease. And we're going to give them a score between 1 to 10 and rank all of that. So every test that we want to run, whether it's something as simple as changing a button color, because we think that if we put a contrast color on this button, then more people are going to see it. It's going to provide that visual cue to click on it, and thus we're going to get more people to that next page. Well, if that's a test that we want to run, you know, that's got a good potential, you know, I would say. So we want to rank that accordingly. The importance depends on what page they're going to, I guess. And then ease, you know, that's an easy one to actually implement. So I would have a high score, you know, on the Pi framework, whereas some other ones, you know, other tests that we've run, which are, you know, changing the entire layout of a page, you know, testing one template for an interior page versus another one also has a high potential, also high importance, but that ease of use is a little bit harder because we're changing the entire template. So that gives you an idea of how you can go about your tests and actually score them. So you know which tests you should run and when, kind of based on having some sort of framework for that. And I think, you know, even before you get to the pie thing, it's important to think about what the purpose of your website is. You know, is it thought leadership? Is it lead generation? You know, online sales? What, what am I trying to do with this website? You know, so, you know, think about as you start to develop your pie list, so to speak, you know, what is the purpose of this website? What's going to make this website more successful? So, you know, if you're in online sales, you know, obviously it's to drive online sales. So what test can I run that will help me move them further towards that, you know, getting something in the basket or if we're having problems with people dumping out of the basket, is it, you know, something there? So there's all sorts of, you know, places you can look for ideas on what to test. And, you know, Google analytics is great, you know, bounce rates, um, you know, um, how traffic funnels, um, some of that, those types of things. So, yeah. And you know, the, the big thing that I like about it most probably is that it's actually data backed. So before, you know, we'd be looking at a website and, you know, you'd have an idea, I'd have an idea, somebody else would have an idea. Maybe the client would have an idea of things that they'd want to do. And a lot of times it came down to, you know, who argued their point the most, who was the most vocal about the change that they wanted to see uh, or, you know, who the boss was, right? So <laughs> a lot of times that's going to, you know, dictate uh, what tests you're going to go with. And we'd implement it and, you know, maybe the results were good. Maybe they weren't, you know, maybe they were just average. And we never knew, was that a good change to implement? Was that something that, you know, should be carried on, you know, across the website or should it be, you know, changed to something different. And since we're doing more CRO, we can actually test that. So if everybody has an idea, we don't have to just pick one. We can start to set up those AB tests. We can actually pick and choose, you know, which ones maybe we start with, but then we can run it and say, you know, definitively too, especially if we're able to get, you know, any sort of statistical relevancy, you know, from it based on how many people are going to that page, we can say this was a great change. You know, we're 90% sure based on statistical relevancy that this is the change that you want to implement on here because it improved the conversion rates. Or we could also say, no, you know, this didn't work at all. So why don't you try to do something else? And one of the things I love about, you know, CRO is it is data driven, you know, so, you know, a lot of times your boss walks in and says, why aren't we doing this? You know, we need to change this, you know, um, it's a great way to kind of 
to test his his opinion and it's hard for him to argue with or her to argue with data right so for example if your boss says you know our calls to action should be request a quote and you think it's you know get a free sample you know you can end that argument really quickly with some testing so it's not always a the highest paid individual, you know, hippo, I think they call that in the room's opinion matters. So when it comes to CRO and, you know, I guess to, to give a, a little bit more example of what conversion rate optimization is, we did a test on our website, just a simple one. And I kind of reference this in some of the things I do, you know, presentation wise, and there was a request for quote button on the website. And, you know, we, uh, I think this was Evan's idea actually, right? We turned the, it was the request for quote button was the same color as all the other buttons on the website. So we thought about what if we change that to green, right? And, uh, you know, some of the data from that, you know, so, so to do that, you know, it was a simple test. We used some software that, you know, basically serves up a green button and an orange button to everybody that comes to the site or every other person until they get statistical relevance. So, you know, basically what happened with that is we served, you know, 2,836 versions of the original orange button to people. And we got 11 conversions. And then the variation, the uh, green button served a, approximately the same number, 2,901, and got 14 conversions, which is about a 23% increase in, you know, conversion just from changing a button color, which is pretty cool, right? Um, and what we can call a conversion right of it is when they go from, you know, um, the request, for, uh, click on the request for quote, fill it out, and actually submit it. Um, so the thank you page. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, 23%, that, that's a good number to have in terms of increase increasing your conversion, you know, so if you look at it and say, okay, what does it look like if I get 23% more leads, you know, just from making a simple button color change, what yeah. else could I do? Yeah. So one thing that I really like about this is that, you know, we have the conversion rate calculator too. So at the end of the day, it comes out to be, you know, I don't want to say simple math because it does have a little bit of logic behind it for it, but you can make it simple math just by putting in, you know, some basic numbers that you have. So once you understand, you know, how many visitors you have coming to your website, what's your typical conversion rate? And then what's the average, you know, order value of that conversion too? You know, so what is a typical, you know, lead close at and, and what's your average sale going to be? And then based off of that, you can actually go through and put, you know, your specific numbers on this calculator, which will be in the show notes. So you can go there, find it at foremostmedia.com and it'll be in the show, show notes there. And it's going to be able to actually pull up that information where you can show, you know, what the results were of those conversion tests. So not just that you increase the conversion rate 23% like we did with our button color, but you can also go through and say, not only did this increase the conversion rate 23%, but the value of that, you know, was almost $13,000, which was pretty close to, I think, what our actual numbers were, weren't they, John? Yeah, I mean, the calculator basically told us for every 3,000 visitors we get to the site by having a different button color, we're getting about $12,000 more in revenue for every 3,000 visitors, which is pretty amazing, you know, um, just for a simple button change. And, you know, that's probably an extreme example, you know, I mean, I would be been happy with a 5% increase for a button color change or something like that. And, you know, the other thing that's really interesting is, you know, we went button color crazy after we did this. We thought, well, let's change buttons, everything to orange. And, you know, sometimes that didn't matter a bit. So you just never know, you know, um, and sometimes it impacted it negatively. So, um, you know, testing is key, you know, test, test, test and document your results and use the calculator to determine ROI. So. Yeah. And the more that you do it, the more it's, you know, keeps compounding over time. So after we increase the conversion rate 23% there, you know, what does the next test result do? It's not always changing the button color. Like you said, there's always going to be that entire testing repository, you know, that has all of these different things that we want to test 
always looking to make improvements. It, it becomes, you know, sort of that evolutionary site design concept at that point. We don't go through those huge redesigns anymore every couple of years like you're doing right now, but you're always making iterations. You're always changing your website and you're always implementing those changes that lead to high conversions. You know, at that point, the website's evolving over the time and it's based off of actual data. And, you know, we started with, you know, the money pages, so to speak, the request for quote when they're ready to take action. But as we started, you know, kind of optimizing those and got those working, you know, better, then we started to look at, okay, how do we, how do people get to that point in the website? You know, so we're looking at their path and following their journey and, you know, seeing along the way, maybe where people got lost. We, you know, at one particular page, we noticed that it was kind of our money page. When people got to that page, they were able to more often not convert, you know, turn into a lead. So, um, you know, how are people getting to that page? And we found, you know, it wasn't really clear. They just kind of sometimes stumbled upon it. So we put a lot of effort into sculpting the traffic to flow to that page. And then, you know, that helps increase conversions as well. So it's not just like the final result, you know, get add to cart or, you know, request a quote. Sometimes it's, you know, how, how do you get them to that point? So interesting psychology. Yeah. And I, I personally think that this is going to be, you know, even more uh, popular as, sorry, I couldn't pronounce prevalent. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that <laughs> one in. <laughs> so, you know, I think that this is something that, you know, it's just going to get more and more popular. You know, the data backs it. You can show, you know, every, all the results that you're doing, actual bottom line numbers that, you know, everybody can kind of gravitate towards and understand. You know, at the end of the day, the more you do this, you know, it's almost like you're essentially guaranteeing the success of redesigns because you're using data and you're only implementing changes that work. Yeah, the other cool part that I thought about, you know, when we first started on this was our graphic designer, our art director hated the fact that we, we made them stick a big green button on our website. They're like, that can't be it. So, you know, they got really engaged in this. What if it's, what if we just make the button bold? So we tested that. What if we change the call to action instead of request for quote? You know, what if, what if, what if, you know, and we kept testing everything and the green just kept winning and they hate it. But how yeah. can they argue with data, you know? So it's kind of changed our perspective. But, and the other side of that is that they've been really more engaged in this and, you know, you know, coming up with their own ideas, you know, of what to test. So, you know, it's kind of catchy. And, you know, to that end, if you have a big organization, maybe think about sending out, you know, tests and results of tests to get them engaged and get your organization thinking about what you're doing, you know, so pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. You know, it adds, it adds the function to the design, you know, cause like they always say, design without function is just art. So this way yeah. you can make sure that not only does it look good, but it's also going to perform the way that you need it to. So, um, Evan, just going to put you on the spot here. Um, you know, as far as testing ideas go, can you throw out like eight or nine of your favorite or five or six? How many can you name off the top of your head? If somebody's getting new on this, what, where should they start? I'm going to use the famous SEO answer. It always depends, but some of that's just so I can collect my thoughts. I think a lot of it does depend on the data though. And a big piece is that I like to take a look at, I like to use best practices. So there's a lot of best practices around, you know, what can you do to draw the eye somewhere, you know, play off the Von Restorf effect in psychology where the human brain is meant to recognize patterns. So anytime you have something that breaks that pattern, it's going to draw attention to it. And that kind of sends that visual cue to that visitor. So that's why the button color idea works works well in a lot of cases because it provides that contrast and color. I like to also take a look at different template layouts. I think where you have certain things 
position, either draw the eye or don't draw the eye. That's why I like to have call to actions actually directly in the content as opposed to just on the side because so many of those on the side ads are just ads basically at this point and you kind of go put your blinders up. So this way you can make sure that you've got it right in their plane, you know, right in their vision. Uh, encapsulating elements, especially when we're talking form fields or even visual elements that we want to draw attention to encapsulating them so they look like a button if we want them to click. That was probably one of our bigger test results too, you know, just from putting a thin gray line around an image that we wanted people to click on, uh, you know, ended up, I think it was something ridiculous, like 600% increase in clicks, wasn't it? Yeah, that one was amazing. It blew my mind. Copy is the other thing too, that I think, you know, it's not just design that you want to use CRO for. What does your headline say? You know, does that work? Does that draw people in and get them engaged with the content or get them to click, you know, what does the button actually say for it? It's a lot cheaper to run these tests than it is to, you know, and see what headlines work, what marketing messaging works best, especially when you're talking, you know, your money pages, like landing pages uh, versus, you know, putting together a big print piece and sending it out and hoping that your message resonates with the audience. Here you can test that, you know, it can help craft your entire messaging for your marketing efforts. Yeah. Another one I like is using negative keywords versus positive, like sign up for free, you know, and so or, you, know, you can change that whole narrative to like, don't miss out, you know, limited mm-hmm. time download, you know, so you create kind of a negative or you're better at psychology than me, but you understand what it's I'm saying. It's a lossy version. Yeah. yeah. Loss version there. Yeah. yeah. So you'll um, do a lot more to not lose $20 and you will to gain $20. Right. Yeah. So think about, <laughs> you know, your offers, if you're offering products or services, you know, or an opt-in type thing. Um, you know, the, the one we've always found works well for contact forms is removing um, extra fields. You know, if you don't need their full name, you know, just ask for name, you know, first name, last name, if there's no reason to have two separate fields, you know, um, you know, maybe you don't need their birth date in there you know, weight and height, you know, to, to do a sale, you know, so think about what fields are, are not, you know, almost statistically, almost every field you reduce or take out of a form, you know, increases engagement by three, 4%. So um, yeah. another one I love that it should be just not even tested, but you know, is if you're on a mobile device, you know, and there's a form field for phone number, you can actually have your programmers dictate what keyboard comes up. So they're not having to use that tiny keyboard on like an iPhone. You can actually say, show them the, the number, keep it on the phone, which, you know, helps increase conversions on mobile. Um, you know, um, shipping offers are always a, a good one. Try different, you know, options, $40 or more is free shipping, you know, that type of thing. So I'm cheating a little bit. I got a list in front of me, (laughs) you know, the the, the possibilities are endless. I'm hoping we're just kind of giving you some ideas on getting you inspired on what you could go back and test on your site. Yeah. And if you're looking for tools, uh, we can list some tools in the show notes as well. So that'll have, you know, some CRO tools that we use. Uh, Some are, pretty expensive, but you know, we've got a, a, a good option, I think for a lot of people, uh, especially if you're just getting started in testing, that's going to give you the features that you need to actually roll through and have those tests implemented, verify the results. We'll also put that traffic calculator, like we said in the show notes too, so you can see if it's going to be worth it, you know, try to get those numbers and, you know, see what it's going to look like, especially if you need to get any sort of buy-in from anybody kind of presenting those sort of things and, you know, expecting that, uh, is going to go a long way, I would think. Yeah, I guess, you know, we're kind of wrapping this up here. I would leave you with a couple things. One, set some goals for yourself, you know, 
you know, say I want to set in the next, you know, 60 days, I want to increase conversions by three or four percent. You know, that's a good goal. Um, make time for it. You know, set some time on your calendar each week or each day to work on conversion rate optimization if you're serious, you know. And then be prepared for some failures. You know, we've had a lot of stuff that I thought would really convert well and it didn't make a difference or, it, you know, actually negatively impacted our website. So, you know, that's part of the, the CRO game. So, you know, be prepared for successes and failures. Any last words of advice from you, Evan? I, I think you you nailed it with that. You know, you, you never know what's going to work. If you knew what was going to work, you wouldn't have to test it. You know, and that's why we run the test to see what's going to work, what isn't going to work, and then be able to make those decisions from there. Uh, you always want to have a good testing repository lined up. That's why we use the Pi framework. There's other frameworks you can use, but that way you can prioritize your tests and make sure you've always got one ready to go. And then analyze the results. You know, you want to make sure that, you know, you're taking a look at it, seeing what those changes were. What does that data actually mean providing that insight? You know, if you don't have a lot of traffic, it's going to be tough to get to statistical relevancy. So you want to be careful that you're not too, you know, interpreting the data too soon because then you can lead to changes that, you know, while you think they're data back, they're actually not if you don't have that relevancy. Um, for sites that don't get a lot of traffic, you know, sometimes it's just the time. How long are you running it? Is that going to be a longer, you know, long enough uh, measurement to say that, you know, the, this data can be trusted? And don't just kind of gravitate towards the first thing that you see. You know, a lot of times if you don't have the data behind it, you don't want to make the change uh, just because you like it and you're trying to, you know, to talk more about psychology, you know, confirmation bias to try to get that, get that data to prove what you want it to. You got to be careful of that too, I think. Yeah, and to your point, if your site doesn't have a lot of traffic, maybe your efforts are better spent on SEO or, you know, pay-per-click campaigns, you know, because this stuff, you know, to get statistical relevance, you need a fair amount of traffic coming to the site on a regular basis. So um, all things to think about. And, uh, you know, we're here to help. If you have any questions or further comments or want to know more, feel free to reach out to us on the website or uh, in the show notes. We'll have our contact information, I'm sure. So anything else today, Evan? That's all I got today. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this. And if you have ideas or want to be on the future shows with some uh, topics and wrapping with us about uh, SEO or whatever might be on your mind, give us a call. Thanks for listening to the Foremost Media Marketing Chat Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you can stay on top of your game by never missing an episode. You can find even more marketing insights and show transcripts at foremostmedia.com. Thank <laughs> you.